Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to a fresh new edition of The Word with G. Here, our number three on the airwaves of ESPN 1420. Acadiana's best sports leader for Acadiana's best sports fans. That's you here on ESPN 1420. This is The Word with G. I'm your humble host, Greg Larnard. I'll be with you for the, the next hour, and then uh, we give way to national programming. And we have game two of the World Series coming up tonight. Dodgers and Rays. But we're going to talk a whole mess of basketball here coming up next. It is Wednesday. It's the final hour of the program on a Wednesday. And you know how we do it here on a Wednesday. We talk a whole mess of basketball with my guy, Sam Dusenberry Jr., host of the NBA Pick and Pop podcast, Sam Dusenberry Jr. What's up, Sam? You know, uh, the offseason is supposed to be the offseason. But, you know, much like the NFL, the NBA is turning into like a 12-month-a-year thing. Like there's always some sort of news every week or so to keep the, the ball rolling. So I'm happy to always have this chance to come on your show and talk about it. Let's get into it. Now, before we do that, uh, have you have you or are you paying attention to the MLB playoffs in the World Series? Yes. I, I, I won't say I'm locked in, but I did watch the game. Uh, you know, I, I do know game one. I know game two, as you said, is uh, coming up soon here. Uh, yeah, so I, I am in the mix. Who uh, are you rooting for? Any team in particular? Do you want to see one of these oh, teams? Come win? on, G. Come on. You you know, fandom is a mental illness. I do not. I am not a fan of anyone. I don't root for anyone. I'm just here to watch good athletics, whether it's you know uh, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever. I just want to see good games, good competition, good action. So. As long as the, the, the competition is good, I'm here for it. It really doesn't matter to me who wins. <sighs> Gosh, that's such that's such like a cop out answer. I'm I hate no, the but, I hate the dude, fact I, that you I, think it's a mental illness. But but bro, you, you don't you don't understand how easy it is to sit back and just watch a game and you're not invested. I'm only invested in is this a good game? If it's a bad game, I could just turn away and never come back. If it's a great game, I'm locked in. Well, I understand. I, I understand. But I'm like, well, it wasn't a great game. I mean, it was eight to one at one point, and then it was it ended up being eight to three. Well, I mean, in terms of the performances, you had Kershaw, you had Betts in the outfield. You saw great athletic competition. I want to see great players play great. That's it. That that's all I ask for from sports. And then if they don't play great, okay, well now I got to figure out why they didn't play great, or there's somebody who sucked overachieved and played great like that's where sports becomes such a great storytelling thing for me but at, at its bare bones i want to see good to great players play great that's it i think we all want to see that obviously but but and I, and I don't I, think so if if, if you, why you're don't a packer we, fan why don't we want to see great players play great you you don't want to see the Detroit Lions actually care like they give a damn about winning and become a threat in the North. You don't want to see the Lions actually become good or great. No. You want your Packers to have layups for in, in the division. Of course. Right. So you don't want to see like, well, you look, know, Matt Stafford I, I be want, more than I what want, he is. I want Kenny Galladay to play well because he's I'm invested fantasy football-wise. I'm okay with him playing good. Sure, but, I just but, don't want but, them but to be good as a team. In, I want great players to play great. A Packer fan. I want you're great players to play great. I just don't want their team as a, as a whole to play well. 
Well, if if great players play great on the Lions, the Lions are going to become a good team. So one one begets the other. Well, no, not not necessarily. I mean, you had Calvin Johnson, who is going to be a Hall of Famer, and they sucked. Right, one great player. That's what I'm saying. They literally had that's nothing fine. else. That's fine. That's all I want to see. Barry Sanders, give me one great player playing great on a team that I don't like, and that I'm cool is with very it. Very easy for you to say when you've had multiple Hall of Flame, multiple Hall of Famers on your rosters. For you know the the majority of your of your of your life really, and a lot of you people know, you had Re- you had Reggie and Brett who gave off to to Aaron, and you got a Hall of Fame QB. You've had two Hall of Fame QBs your whole life, and you know what's disappointing about that mm-hmm. is that we should have one more, <laughs> yes. right? But they didn't surround what enough great players around those elite guys. If Aaron Rodgers had elite help around him, or just great help around him, you're probably looking at a, you know, Troy Aikman, three Super Bowl type run for Aaron Rodgers. At least, I would think. You would think. But your GM, your ownership group, and all the people with the stock options didn't want to invest in putting around, you know, man's Ted Thompson didn't want to put no real legit help around an immortal quarterback. Not just elite, not just very good, Elite, immortal, like almost Mount Rushmore type QB. Mm-hmm. So that one great player, that that should be exhibit A. You got one great player who plays great, but it's frustrating because it's not enough because he needs more help. You want to see all great players. I'm going to see more than just one great player. Aaron Rod- Imagine if Aaron Rodgers had Randy Moss for one year. Like how if you look at Tom Brady's, scope he had one immortal year mm-hmm. and it was a randy marsh year now look we can get into the whole and they lost that the, championship the, the goat thing correct but not because of randy moss no but it, again not, it, it takes more than just brady. that one player it's that's why football is the ultimate team sport yeah i mean look it, it, to me it's still a talent Ooh. you know it's i haven't seen too many super bowls where what's, what's the ultimate the team, team sport? that had more talent lost What's the what's the ultimate team a, sport in your eyes? Well, in terms of numbers, it's football. It's more players. I don't think that makes it the most ultimate team sport. When's the last time the, the team that had less talent won their Super Bowl? I have to think about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> at the end of the day, you can give me the, the, the team stuff and all that, but but at, at the end of the day, if I have more great players on my 53-man roster, guess who's winning? The team with the bet, with the more great players is no, more times than not. You have your anomalies every now and then, but of more course. times than not, that team's going to win. All right, well, let's, so I don't let's, care if let's it's look at it. Basketball um, with five or baseball with nine. It's, it's, it's always going to be the team with the most stacked talent more times than not. The averages say so. That's why teams try to get so much talent. Well, you could say that the Patriots back in 2017 had more talent than the Eagles. Mm, not and on they defense. lost. That defense was stacked. That defense was stacked. The offense, I agree with you it, it, was, it was stacked, and they allowed 33 points still. The defense was stacked. Those players made enough plays in the end to get it done. Now, the more, the more talented make- team in 2016 didn't win. What what uh, year was that? 2016. The Falcons they they blew a 28 to three lead. They clearly had more talent. Well, they the were the Falcons better had team. More talent. Yeah. How? They had more Just firepower Julio. on that team. Yeah, Julio. Just Julio. 
Julio. Julio, that's it. That's Julio's the only great player on that whole team. Matt Ryan was the MVP the that player? year. Fraud. Fraud. There the whole team ended up being fraud, fraudulent. Had, had, no, 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 no. Matt Ryan is a fraud. Has he done anything since Shanahan left? No, nothing. Has he done anything? Okay, no. then so he's a fraud. Well, that Julio one year, that Julio. one, that one year though, he was MVP. That one year, so he Cam had a is great a Cam was caller. a fraud too. That one, that one year, he had a great play caller. So, so Cam, that was it. And Cam, the offense was really just get the ball to Julio, which Cam, it should be every. Year. Cam, Cam was a fraud too. Then in 2016, when the Panthers and, he's and the, the only Broncos. great play on that team, you get he's lived. That Panther team shouldn't even shouldn't shouldn't even have made it that far. No, I agree. I agree with Cam you. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. That Cam was so the only good player the, on that team, but he was a fraud right, though so because that was the only year he was out. an MVP. No, that no, was his no, only no, really no, good year. Cam Cameron Newton is a better football player and a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. We're we're, we're not going to have that debate here. Mm, a better athlete for sure. You say it is more than look at what uh, Matt Ryan has had. He's had Julio damn near his whole career. And you're telling me that the best he could do is that one MVP season. That's why you look at Stafford funny in the light because he had Megatron all them years and he couldn't do nothing with it. Couldn't do anything. Who has Kim, who has Cam had? The midget Steve Smith Sr. and who else? Oh, D'Angelo Williams. He had uh, Christian McCaffrey. Stop. Jonathan the Stewart. End, stop. Stop. Kelvin Benjamin. Have, have, have you DJ Moore. Devin Funches. Okay, then. So you're telling me Matt Ryan, who's had Julio Jones, who inherited Julio Jones his whole career, in comparison to Cam Newton, whose best receiver was 5'9 and old by the time he got there? I'm just saying, Matt Ryan. Now. I'm just saying, He's Matt Ryan has had better Ryan. statistical years. Matt Ryan was gifted than, because he was gifted Julio. That, you give you Cam Newton Julio. That's two elite players. When it's Matt Ryan and Julio, there's still only one elite look, player. Look, I didn't, I'm not saying Matt Ryan is an elite player. I'm just saying that one year with the Super Bowl, he was elite. Correct. But yes, but you have to. But see, you can't just take it as as face value. I can take that have, one year. The reasons why, but you have to look at the reasons why. And you're right because it was Kyle Shanahan in that offense. Yeah, so 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 that makes it null and void. Well, he's still he's thrown throw for he's thrown basically clear. he's basically thrown for five thousand yards a couple of times in his career. Cam has never had never been anywhere close to that. Has Cam again? Has Cam had anyone on that team? No, akin to Julio Jones. No. Okay, so then how are you going to expect him to throw for 5,000 yards? But when you throw in the, the rushing yards, it, it, it balances itself out. But the, the fact of the matter is Matt Ryan's only skill set is throwing the ball. He was gifted Julio Jones to throw to, and he's wasted it. There's been a lot of, the, there's been a lot of NFL players and NFL, a lot of NFL quarterbacks that have wasted having great talent around them. And, and, and there's been a lot of NFL quarterbacks that have been made because of wide receivers, but the mm-hmm. quarterbacks get all the credit. Hi, Drew Brees. Oh, so I'm sorry. I forgot what station I was talking <laughs> to. My bad. But I'm just saying that's been made. There's system QBs that get made because of the help, but the help gets relegated to just being the help and everything is heaped upon the QB in terms of praise. If you watch these games and really break it down, like it's clear. 
when you you look at the arc of your man's breeze out there, Marcus Colston comes in. Those numbers weren't happening in San Diego. All of a sudden, he flirted with Miami, turned that down. He went down to the bayou. Cool. Seventh round pick, tall, big target, can make those maybe not so accurate throws now become great with a huge catch radius. Now, all of a sudden, he could throw D-Wells as deep as he could, maybe 20, 30 yards, and Colts could go do the rest. Well, Colts could thread. It was, more, it was more of Devery Henderson and Lance Moore and, and, and those type of – Robert Meacham. Those were the Colston? Those are the those are the deep threats. Colston wasn't a deep threat. Colston oh, was oh, kind okay. of the no, Mike no, Thomas okay. no, guy. I understand that. Yeah. No, I'm saying, look, he, he'll give you 20 yards. I mean, come on now. Yeah. But I'm saying, take the top off the defense. No, no, it was it, it was pretty decent bad, back in bad. the day for sure. It's not sure. Uh, it's not what it is now. Um, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. There's there's systems and there's head coaches that implement the systems and put the guys. I mean, you can in the best possible system QB. Best possible position to be successful. You're right. You're right. All right, man. We got a bunch of guys I, I can't on hold. Think of too many QBs that aren't system QBs that we consider great. Yeah. Like that, that's the totally a conversation mm-hmm. we can have. Yes. No, I agree with you there. Let's go to the phone lines. Three, three, seven, two, six, nine, 10, 77. Thanks for hanging on. What's up, man. Football is the ultimate team sport though. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man. You can't put all these things on the quarterback, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's, I don't do tough, that. The, 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 the media and a, the, the game itself does that. They call it the most yeah, important yeah, position yeah. all of sports. I mean, you got to have a great team to win a Super Bowl. I mean, sometimes things, uh, I mean, sometimes you get lucky, things fall your way and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, the bottom line, you got to have a pretty good team to win a Super Bowl. Though. You know, I mean, to even get to the Super Bowl is just tough, you know. So, I mean, I, when you got a good quarterback and you got just one good receiver, that's not enough to win a Super Bowl and like to really justify you being great or not. If you got just one consistent guy, like, you know, your, your whole career. You know, so I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. We put some of these guys on. Do you think Matt Ryan is better than Cam Newton? Quarterback overall, quarterback, yeah, yeah, he's better than Cam. How he's a better quarterback? Because look, 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 hold on, hold on. What is he better at? People, some people get mad when you criticize some quarterbacks because you know people saying he's better than others and all that. Nah, Cam, Cam was always a better athlete. He was always a better athlete. Yeah, but you and I. And G and everybody else that knows football, that knows the NFL, know the quarterback has played or is most successful through the pocket throwing the ball. That's where your brain is at as a quarterback. So you can't sit up there, Sam, and say Cam Newton was a better quarterback than Matt Ryan, man. Come on, I, man. I sure tripping. can. I sure no, can. That, that, no, that, that, that a better quarterback than Matt Ryan, man. That, that metric you're given is a 15, 20, 34. I've been hearing that metric my whole life. The fact of the matter is, if you have a good enough quarterback with enough talent, it don't matter what system you run. You think Steve Young was a pocket passer? Steve Young was, was, was White Vic. Still got a ring. He's had quarterbacks who could move around in the pocket and still be successful. Joe Montana used to throw in the run. He wasn't a statue the just standing there. The, the, difference is, the difference between those guys. Those rosters were stacked. Those, those rosters were stacked. Yeah. That was the difference. They're more accurate than Cam Newton. That's the difference between those guys. I didn't say Cam couldn't run around and all he that. Yeah, he can. I, I, I think but, even uh, if he had, if he had just Julio Jones, I don't think he, he had, would be he would be a Super Bowl champ. I don't know about all that because they got quarterbacks other, they got quarterbacks other places that don't have the weapons. 
and they're accurate with the little bit of receivers what they have. But look at yeah, because Tom they do four-yard four routes. It doesn't the, the, matter. The, the, You're accurate. The QB, You're accurate. Offensive have has, you seen offensive Josh Allen? has Have you seen Josh Allen? Have you seen yes, Josh I've Allen? seen him miss wide-open receivers in the back of the end zone. Exactly. I've seen that multiple exactly. times. Exactly. He's exactly. not accurate. Everybody likes him. People love him. People think he's great, but he's not accurate with the football. He's a real white same thing with Cam Newton. That's the same thing with Cam Newton. Same player, but he's never accurate with the football. So what's the difference there? I could kind of see him. I could kind of see him being like the white Cam Newton. He's not, but see, here's the thing with Cam. His skill set was never predicated on him being accurate. You're not drafting him because he's a 70% accurate passer. You're drafting him because, man, he's going to hit 50 to 55 to 60% of his passes. He's going to get you about 3,000 plus yards through the air. He's going to run for about seven, 800 on the ground. And he's going to be an unstoppable force on the goal line. And, you'd be and that was enough years. to get an MVP, and that was enough to get a Super Bowl. Well, the same thing with Matt Ryan. Uh, what we did with just Julio is enough. Apparently, he won the MVP. But, but here's the thing. You can see the trajectory of Cameron Newton getting better and getting that team to, to the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, Shanahan plops down in, in, in the ATL, has that one year, boom, Matt Ryan shoots up, becomes the MVP, and he's been trash ever since. He's been mediocre ever since. I don't know, Julio man. Jones In 2018, he had thirty. Since. He had five thousand yards passing, thirty-five touchdowns, and seven Julio. interceptions. Julio, look, man, you could throw for all them touchdowns, but you got a six-three. But he doesn't even catch all the touchdowns. Get in double. Okay. Yes, okay. because it's getting doubled. Let me ask you this, okay? Muhammad Sanu went nuts because of Julio getting doubled over there. Okay, look. Let's talk Stafford. You mentioned Stafford earlier when you had Megatron and all that. Okay, now let me ask you a question now. Did they have a great team then? No. All right then. That team wasn't good. All right then. So everybody everybody that looked at that with the bombs he was throwing to Johnson and all this other stuff he was doing, threw for 5,000 yards and all that, 40 touchdowns, okay. Everybody looked at that now and said, Oh, he had everything. He didn't win. He had Megatron. Dude, the defense was trash. No offensive line. No running game. No coaching. What you want him to do? The same. Well, I mean, look, he did, well, 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 hold on, hold on. He did have good coaching. They just forced him out. They had Caldwell was there. Caldwell, yeah, I'm not a good coach. Before that. Okay, all right, my bad. Okay, I'm about to say, all right, well, yes, look, no, the Lions. Caldwell was the one that had it going the right direction. The dumbest. Correct. Not really him to get an idiot. Peyton Manning swears by Jim Caldwell, but for some reason he can't get a job. I wonder why. But I'm just saying, in terms of the Lions, you can always count on the Lions to Lion. They're always going to yeah, do that. He know. knows that being yep. an NFC North guy. He knows well, that's that. What, so, that's my example, about this. It's a, it's a perfect team game because your quarterback can be great if he wants. You got your little weapon and everything, but if everything around you is not good, including the But saying it's a offense, great team game, it's, it's – it's, it's, we're all essentially saying the same thing. I'm just being more blunt, saying I want the most talented guys. Y'all saying it's a team game. You got to have good players. I'm saying, look, it's a 53. If it's, I don't ask 53. I need at least 25 great players. You give me 25 great players, I could go win a Super Bowl. Y'all saying it's a team game, this, that, and the third. That's cool. But what you're really saying is what I'm saying. Is that we need team, great players. That's hard. 25 great players on a team, 20, that's, that's a lot. Look, the, 49ers, hard, the 49ers found a way. The Cowboys with the triplets found a way. 
The, the Patriots have found a way. People have found a way. Yeah, but Every not with great players. Has, has I don't know if they've had great the players. Way. They've had good players, but not great players. Ronnie, i got to let you go because we, uh, we, we're we almost at about 530, and i got another call on hold here. So let's get to our next call. Uh, Greg Lawrence, Sam Newsenberry Jr. again here with you. We're supposed to be talking NBA, but we've gotten into a heated NFL discussion, and uh, I know where this next call is going to go with you, Sam. Um, Saints fans, so so Sam, just just be ready for this one. Kyle is uh, okay. is our uh, is our big time Saints guy. So so welcome in, Kyle. What's up? First of all, Sam, thank you for hitting the nail on the head when it comes to Greg. He is a homer. You described him to a T, even though he won't agree with that. He's a homer, but in what way? You, in what way? You, but when you mentioned. You know, when you when you ask, okay, name Super Bowl teams that have won with less talent, I name you three right out the gate. And they were all the same organization, the New York Giants. Okay. They were the, the last three Super Bowls they won, they had less talent than the team they played against. And they, when they, they beat the Buffalo Bills, they had when, when when they beat the Buffalo Bills, they had the same amount of Hall of Famers on the on the squad. I can tell you now, the Buffalo Bills had way more talent than the, than the Giants. On offense, the sure. On offense, yeah. but not but not and total team. Well, Bruce Smith, I think Bruce Smith and, and uh, Bruce Smith the, and LT. They, Come on now, huh? Yeah. Oh, uh, what? LT. Uh, the one LT on the first one. Still playing back then. On the first one, LT. yeah. LT LT was like all coked up by that time. Okay, and so he was he still the baddest man in the game. He was still the baddest uh, defensive player in the uh, game. Yeah, you had a ton of defensive, uh, good defensive players on that Buffalo team, and they just they didn't. Not no Hall win. of Famers though. Besides well, Bruce, well, me, all, do you think do you think that Giants team with the Eli Manning was better than the than the Patriots team that went eighteen? They up? had more. That that defense was way better than the pundits gave them credit for. That defense carried them. It wasn't oh, about Eli. On. It was about that NASCAR front line that went crazy okay, and was and living think, in the backfield. You think that that Giants team that beat Green Bay, and I'm going to be on Green Bay's side on this one here, so, so take your notepad there, Big Daddy, and listen <laughs> to this one. When Green Bay went 15-1 and one that year and their offensive coordinator's son you know, got, was found dead the day yeah. before the game, uh, the mm-hmm. playoff game, and they, they they beat Green Bay in that playoff game, and then they, they, they went after uh, Cousins' head. The, the punt returner, of course, nobody nobody did no time for disciplinary actions, even though they said, hey, go after this guy's head, J.J. Stokes, when they played the 49ers the next week, and they, they ended up beating the Patriots again. They had a better team than all three of them teams? I don't think so. On, on, on defense, you know, outside, outside of the QB position, where, where was the advantages over the Giants? Over the Giants? I would say the wide uh, receiver position. position. On the field? <laughs> Just about it. I mean, Michael I mean, Strahan, that's what they had. Michael Strahan. On the and, first uh, one. And Tuck. And on the first Tuck one, not the second one. Come on now. It's, not it's, the second it's one. one. They had now, a defensive line, and, that, and that's where it stopped. And that's all that mattered. If, if, if the other team had a subpar or average offensive line, you put three well, they elite none of them at that point. They had a subpar average offensive line. They all had great offensive lines. They all had and and straight-handed them ran right through them anyway. 
Yeah, they didn't run right through anybody. They managed to, they managed to pull off three But anyway, you go ask Brady because hey, he got ran through. We, we talk to y'all later. That's what sports is. It's about it's about arguing about something That's we it. all enjoy. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, I love Kyle. it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, this is fun, man. Uh, not, not not our general talk here, NBA-wise, hey, look, but I, we're, if, we're here if, for if, it. If, if, if this shows anything, this shows people I'm more than just a basketball podcast. That's right. That's right. That's what that's what I wanted to showcase. And we hadn't really been able to do it because it's been all NBA all the time with the bubble and the playoffs and the finals, but we finally get a little chance to talk about something else. Let's go back to one more call before we have to take a break. Uh, Texas Mike is on line one. What's up, Texas Mike? Oh, my God, Texas um, Mike, what's up? Uh, look, a couple of takes. First of all, it's refreshing to hear somebody loving sports for sports sake. I would imagine more than 50% or maybe closer to 70% people just see sports because of fantasy or straight out gambling offshore or onshore. Uh, loving sport. Uh, so it was refreshing just to hear, hear your uh, perspective on sports in terms of a just seeing it for, for the, the beauty of a sports competition. Uh, I, I have no idea how old you are, but I remember it like it was yesterday. The Baltimore Colts were basically Mike Tyson, the New York Jets, and Joe Willie Namus were uh, Buster Douglas, one of the greatest upsets ever. I mean, uh, and, and man, that, that was the time to be. That was the time to be in the, the city. Uh, the late 60s, early 70s, Willis Reed, the Knicks, uh, the Miracle Mets, Woodstock in 68. It was a great time. I hope you remember it. Have a great You go that uh, far back, yeah, Sam? That, uh, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that, that is before my time, but I've heard all the stories and have seen some of the remnants of that thing, of, of those times. But here's the thing, G. And, and, and Texas Mike is right. He, he's always on point, giving us the old school flavor. I love it. That's about 60 years ago. And that's all I'm saying. You know, you know Joe Namath, who's a fraud Hall of Famer, you know, getting that, you know, that third, that, what was it, uh, Super Bowl three, getting that chip, that's probably one of the last ones we could say, you know what, that team overachieved their way into a title. Like on that one day, they were able to beat the team that was not only heavily favored, but way more talented. But that's an anomaly. That's why that, that Super Bowl stands out so much. Because more times than not, 70 to 80% of the time, if not higher, the team with more talent on any given Sunday is going to win the game. Now, you'll have those anomalies, but more times than not, 70, 80% of the time, we know how the movie going to end. Greg Lawrence, Sam Dusenberry Jr. here with you on The Word with G. All right, we'll step aside. We'll take a break because we're already about 35 past the hour of 5 o'clock here in the Central Standard Time Zone. Sam will be back with us, and we will, I promise you, get into a little NBA. Stan Van is the new head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get Sam's take on that and his plan, his master plan to put together the New Orleans Pelicans for 2020-2021. We'll talk to him about that when we come back right here on The Word with G. Stay tuned here on ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 mobile app being sponsored by Mandez's Seafood Bar and Grill down on Ducey Road.
Back here on The Word with G on ESPN 1420.com and the ESPN 1420 mobile app. Greg Larnard here, you there. About 43 past the hour, 5 o'clock. World Series game number two coming up tonight. 7.08 here Central Time. 8.08 up there in the East Coast where my friend Sam Dusenberry Jr. is hanging out and he's living his best life up there. Well, I mean, maybe maybe not your best life because we still got to get you up on the radio somewhere. Uh, that, that certainly is still the goal. I still want to be recognized as talent and be given a chance to have a platform, uh, you know, to 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 do like you do. You know, I, I look at what you get to do every day, and I know it has its ups and downs for sure, as with anything else. But uh, have an opportunity to uh, say what you want and craft a show, book the guests that you want, like myself, giving people chances like myself uh, a chance to to espouse. You know, that that's kind of my goal at some point, you know, whether it's independent or on a major, you know, network backing platform like yourself, just having that type of outlet where I can do that. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. It's, it's, it's my life is a as me and you spoke about earlier in the year, uh, my life, I am a late bloomer at everything. So, you know, with this is uh, going along the same path as being a late bloomer mm. on that. So Dude. we'll get there. It may just take a little bit longer than I would have wanted. Speaking of late bloomer, I uh, had a, it's funny you say that I had a picture pop up on my Facebook today, like this day back on whenever, I think it was like three years ago, my friend shared this, but it was a picture of uh, our fifth grade class and how have times have changed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Oof, boy. I was, I was a, I don't know if you know this, but I was a chubby ass kid. Really? Oh, dude. Like acorns in the cheeks. Like I was hoarding for the winter. Uh, the, the, the man wow. boobies, the, the round belly, but, was it just, but, but was it baby weight? Uh, yeah, eventually I think it kind of was that, you know, cause I got to about the middle of sixth grade. It was just kind of like, I needed my growth spurt. And once I hit my growth spurt, I went from like taller and fat to like really tall and like awkwardly skinny. That's amazing. I was completely the opposite. I was skinny. And then as I started to play sports, that's when I got bigger. So it was like a, it was like a reverse osmosis mm. type thing. Like, you know, I was skinny because I was skinny and unathletic because I wasn't playing sports. So then I discovered sports and then that just, it was just like the bell, the, the, the light bulb went off and I just got obsessed and I wanted to play every sport. And because of that, Muscles started coming in places I had no idea existed. <laughs> and then I just got bigger and started eating more and got to be this husky Khalid El Amin type and was killing the uh, Southside Jamaica Queens playgrounds. We haven't, we never balled, had we? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. At, at, when we were at the stand, no. I don't think my schedule allowed for any ball time anyway. Uh, no. There were some courts I would go if I got to work too early or if I just found a parking spot early and had time to kill, I would go over to West Fourth, which is a famous um, mm-hmm. outdoor park, and just watch dudes hoop there. Uh, but I never – I always travel with a ball in my trunk. No I've got one, I've I got one in my trunk too. <laughs> that, that, yeah, so, that, you know, it, it, it's a must. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would be tempted to bring the ball out and go down to West Fourth. I'm like, look. I haven't played in X amount of months, mm-hmm. and the last place I want to be out here looking rusty is at West Fourth. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? I'll just watch, you know, keep keep getting my keep my analyst hat on, and 
you know, do that whole type of thing. But uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, ball is is truly is life. But for me, it's all balls, pause, pause, baseball, football, basketball, and even some hockey puck every now and then. But uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy when you look back at how you started out to where you are now. It really is a uh, trans transformation. It really is. And and again, Sam Dusenberry Jr. Our guest. We'll get to the phone lines here in just a second. But um, yeah, it was kind of weird because. Uh, my dad was, and I'm lucky because I, I hit my growth spurt in sixth grade. My dad didn't hit his growth spurt until he was in like college. So he was like stocky and shorter all the way into college mm-hmm. and then just shot up to like six three, six four. See, here's the thing. My, my parents are short. So I always looked at them like, all right, I'm probably not going to get a lot of height. And I really didn't. I had the slow, gradual spurt. So I got to about five nine, I'd say around high school, and I thought that was it because my dad about five seven. So I said, "Wow, all right, at least I'm taller than him. All right, I'll take the five nine. That's probably the most I could get because mom is five 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 four five five. So I said, "All right, that's probably the max I'm going to get." And then slowly, G, I don't know what happened. I don't know what what type of hormones were in the milk I was drinking, but. I just kept slowly feeling like I was growing. And my barometer was my best friend, who is um, 6'6". So every now and then, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of gaining on him. Not at a high rate nor a fast rate, but I'm like, you know what? I think I might be 5'11". Sure enough, I was 5'11". Entering college, I felt like I was still growing. Didn't know how. Don't Still don't know how. But at one point, another one of my friends who's 6'1", I felt like, I think I'm out of eye with this guy now. And one of my other friends who is shorter and has been lying on his driver's license his entire life, who's saying he's 5'10", and he's 5'7", he said, nah, man, you're not 6'1". Don't don't even think that you're 6'1". Sure enough, G, Brooklyn Barclays All-Star Game festivities, they have a draft combine for us fans to go get measured and weighed and hand size, all that stuff. Six one, I still have the NBA draft card that they created for me. Six foot one. You know the first person I sent that to. Of course. My boy who's been lying on his driver's license. <laughs> and I've been carrying that with me every day. So six foot one from two short parents. I still don't know how, but I'm very happy. Sam Dusenberry Jr. again our guest. Let's go to the phone lines now. One of our favorites, Josh is on line one. What's up, Josh? Dude, I saw a picture today. You look like a middle linebacker in the fifth grade, dude. dude. I was very surprised. I told you. Like, your boy had some meat on him. You look like you look like you lift refrigerators in your spare time. Oh, like man. I was like, dude, dude, what's going on, bro? Dude, crushing <laughs> banana splits right all, all all the time. Fast food, <laughs> banana splits, all that good stuff. Ice cream, big, chocolate. Action? Nice. But uh, no, what I what I called about was, you know. When y'all were talking about the Van Gundys, I was just in utter disbelief. I didn't think it would happen. And then my phone blew up today, and I looked at it, and I saw it was like hot news, and it was like a little basketball logo in hand. And I was like, damn it, G. Damn, Dusenberry. These guys called it. And look, there it is, Stan Van Gundy. So let me ask you this, and this is a real question. What do you think the likelihood that Jeff will at least consult with his brother, especially since they're at this older age. And I'm sure Jeff don't have a whole lot going on. Do you think that's a possibility, or do you think this is going to be a, 
a Stan Ran team and Jeff won't have anything to do with it. Well, I think, but just by the fact that they're brothers, Jeff's going to be able to consult. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't think he has to have a job with the Pels to consult his own brother. So I think his, his, he'll definitely be in his brother's ear, uh, especially when the fact is that Jeff was out here looking for a job too. They both could have been hired in, in uh, this past, this, well, I guess it's not past, yeah, during this off season. So, you know, uh, Stan will definitely have his imprints on the team. Uh, if he listens to me, I, I, I did my homework that G gave me last week, uh, and I had Stan in mind when doing that homework. So I think the roster will be very much the Stan's liking. So what, what do you what do you think what do you what do you what changes do you think they're going to make? Like, where do you think they're going to go with this squad? Well, okay. So what, what will they do? I don't think they're going to make too many changes, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't think Stan would want to get rid of a Drew Holiday. I think he has too much respect for a player of Drew Holiday's, uh, you know, skill set and 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 be, just being a leader. Uh, I don't think he's going to get rid of Drew Holiday. I would, but that's a whole other scenario for another day. Um, I think Lonzo and Josh Hart, that could be something there. Maybe you move Lonzo in terms of maybe move him to the bench. Josh Hart is a better shooter, better ball handler to a certain extent, not in terms of facilitating, just in terms of dribbling ability. Um, you know, that could be something. Like, if, if the roster stands more or less pat, I think Stan then will try to open the floor up. And I think getting a guy like Josh Hart, who was kind of lost in Gentry system, might be a guy that will get more minutes now that Stan Van is the coach. Well, then, well, what is your realistic thoughts on year one? Do you see them at least making like a seven or eight seat splash, or do you think that's still out of the cards? Uh, no, they, they, they should have made it this year. Uh, th that team has enough talent to be a top eight seed in the West. You know, obviously the Warriors will be in the mix uh, next year, so that, that'll be, you know, a team that can push. Uh, but when you look at a team like the Rockets, we don't know who's going to take that over. I mean, maybe Jeff. Uh, but that's a team that, to me, takes a step back, especially if they, you know, stop doing uh, D'Antoni ball now that he's gone and Maury's gone and, who knows, Westbrook might be gone next. So, you know, Houston, to me, takes a step back. So, yeah, I, I think there's enough chances, enough slots in the uh, eight, eight playoff teams where the Pelicans should be, barring injury, should be one of those eight teams in the playoffs. Okay, well, I got one more question for both of y'all, and I'll hang up and listen. What do you think the likelihood is of D-Rose ending up in L.A., and what kind of impact do you think that would have? And I'll hang up Ooh, and listen. Ooh, Derek Rose in L.A. I, heard, I had heard the point fraud possibly to L.A. Everybody wants what wants to go to L.A. Um, D-Rose is definitely a trade chip. He is available. Um, and the Lakers are trying to move Luau Deng's salary off the book so that they can clear up some space. Remember me and you talked about how God you know damn, they can't go get on a Bradley Beal. Uh, well, you know it, it it pays it pays to get the buyout. You yeah. always take the buyout. Yeah. Um. So you know we spoke last week about how they can't go get a Bradley Beal because you know financially it doesn't work. They can't be in the mix. Well, mm -hmm. now if they can get Luau Deng's salary off the books, that can now create some flexibility where maybe they still can't get a Bradley Beal, but now you could go get a guy like D Rose, and that's not a role player. D. Rose is not a role player. So, 
He's been he's been used as a role player, uh, unfortunately, with your Knicks, who had that misfortune of not understanding what he had left. But we saw what he did with Minnesota, and we saw what he did with Detroit. He's still got a lot left. So if you could put a guy like that with LeBron and AD, bring back a Rondo, maybe bring back a Dwight, like that's a lot to put on the court. I mean, that's a, a lot of teams are not matching up with that. Because now if you have Rondo, D-Rose, LeBron, those are three great ball handlers. And then you got AD who can handle the rock as well. So that's four guys who can drive by damn near anyone in the league. That's very dangerous. I'm curious, how, how would you categorize Derrick Rose? He's, he's, not, he's not a role player, but he's not a superstar. Oh, okay. he, I don't think he's an all-star at this point in his career. So we is he robbed. just a good player? Yeah, he's he's still he's very good. Uh, if if the he's not an all star, but he's very good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if he was, it's, I, his all star years are behind him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and 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 injuries robbed us of what his greatness could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but any given night, he can give you thirty, and most nights he's giving you twenty. There's not a lot of guys who are considered role players or fringe starters that can have that same claim. Unless so you're Jamal me, Murray. Well, Allegedly. Yes, young, Allegedly. Young, 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 young role player, yes. sure. Uh, so, you know, for me, Derek Rose is a guy that would be a fourth option on the champion. And right now in the Lake Show, he would probably be the third option. But because LeBron and AD are so crazy like it really doesn't matter um but yeah look Derek Rose my affinity for him goes without goes without saying he was the last bastion of fandom that I held on to and was probably the main catalyst for me ending all my ties with all my sports teams so you know the rise and fall of Derek Rose you can akin that to the rise and fall of the Sam D's fandom Sam Dusenberry Jr. again our guest here on the NBA uh, Jam Sesh here from the Pick and Pop podcast. I uh, got just a couple of minutes left, Sam. So with your homework, you 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 were asked to kind of construct and what would the Pelicans team would look like. Uh, now we know, understand, Van, and from what you said, you know you kind of had that in mind when creating what the Pelicans should look like. You already mentioned they're probably not going to get rid of Drew. What are some other moves, or what 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 should the roster look like moving forward? Other than as you already mentioned, with Drew being there. Josh Hart kind of in the mix a little bit more and um, and Lonzo being that point guard. Well, again, I did this with, with, with the impression that I'm giving this roster to Stan Van. Mm-hmm. If Stan Van said, look, you remake the roster, what are you giving me? This is what I'm giving him. Keeping Lonzo at the point. Get Drew out of there. I know he's beloved. Get Drew out of there. He doesn't fit because Stan Van likes to spread the ball out. He likes a big in the middle and then surrounded with shooters. It's going to be Orlando 2.0. Zion might be the big, not in my scheme, but in real life, it might be that. So we get Drew out of there. Well, now who's going to be the two guard? We're going to go to Brooklyn. We're going to snatch up, not Spencer Dinwiddie, not Karis LeVert. Go get me a free agent, Joe, Joe Harris. Harris. Joe Harris. Stretch the floor. Shooter. Could put the ball on the floor a little bit. Is not bad defensively. Very underrated. You're, you're going to see a theme here, and it's probably not the theme that most people will think. So we're going to have Lonzo, 
Joe Harris. Now, to me, Zion is that three. He's not a four. We know he's damn sure not a five. So Zion at the three, fine. So now if you're going to have Zion at the three, that means your four kind of has to be versatile. Go to Detroit. He's a free agent as well, but Detroit, if they're smart, will re-sign him. Christian Wood, hybrid four, a lot of game on this kid. I like him a lot. He's wasting away in Detroit. But over the last few months of the season, before the pandemic, he was starting to get into his bag and was really starting to get some real good minutes and real good run. Christian Wood is a guy that I think that can come in, get you some buckets, hit the glass a little bit, play some solid defense. He's, he's, he's not elite defensively, but he can stretch the floor a little bit. He can take it out 18, 19, 20 feet out. Three-pointer, and eh, not, 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 not so much right now, but he's young enough that maybe he can add it to his game. He shot Christian 39% Wood, last year from three, which was not bad. He, he didn't shoot it a lot, though. He did not, so, no. so For me, He for made me, about one like, a game. No. Yeah, so, yeah, so he, right now, I think Christian Wood is, a, is enough of a young hybrid type of big where you can offset the fact that Zion still, if he's, put, if he's still at the same weight, might not be fast enough to keep up with most threes. Now, we've talked about the lack of size on this Pelican roster. I'm going to go to Beantown. I'm going to go, and that's a stopgap. He's not the answer, so I'm prefacing that up front. Go get Enos Cantor. Now, we know he's trash on D, but he is an offensive rebounding machine and can clean the glass, and he's really good on the block. If that's not the answer you want, I could go get you another guy that can do the same thing, and he'll be a lot cheaper. Nurens Noel, do the same thing. Hit the glass, more of a defensive uh, impact than Cantor, but can also hit the offensive glass as well and finish around the rim. If that's not what you want, Aaron Baines played really well at times with Phoenix last year. Surprised me with how his game has developed because I took him as and the guy in Boston that was just, you know, just a big stiff. But he went to Phoenix really well, developed his game, got more of an opportunity to show what he can do. Aaron Baines could be a sneaky free agent pickup that could pay big dividends. If you go if you want to go small, Patrick Peterson. Somebody's gonna leave that clipper thing. That that clipper thing, and I know we, we don't have time today, but maybe now that Stan Vance the coach will will have you on the pod and we can really break that down. The Clippers are a mess. There might be a mass exodus of Clippers from the, you know, from Bomber and them. So Ty Lu might have a whole new roster of sorts in terms of role players by the time next season kicks off. Patrick Patterson is a guy that can come in and stretch the floor. He's a bucket. He's always been a bucket, but he needs the rock. He's a perfect guy to come off that bench when Zion's not really feeling it. Or if you're bringing a guy like Christian Wood, he might get into foul trouble or whatever. You're bringing a guy like Patrick Patterson, he might be able to come off the bench and fill it up. And then as a backup to Joe Harris, go get some West Matthews. Let's, let, let, let's bring the bow and arrow to the blender and let him light it up off the bench. Maybe it could spot start every now and then. But I think that type of roster where you preface it on shooting, all the guys I mentioned outside of the bigs and, and Noins, Noel, and Cantor, every other guy I mentioned can shoot. And they're out of sleeper and David Bertans, but I don't think, you know, I don't think the money's going to work 
to bring him in. But David Bertans will be perfect, if, if, especially if you don't get Joe Harris. They'll get you some Bertans, same type of deal. But that's my plan for Stan Van. Spread it out. Everyone could shoot bombs away. But make sure we have someone tall enough down low to grab some boards to clean the offensive glass and give us more opportunities to bombs away. Yeah. That's what happened in Orlando when they were successful. That's what he didn't do in Detroit when he bombed out. And that's what I think he'll do to try to re- rehab and re-salvage what he can with the Pels. I really like that. Again, Sam Dusenberry Jr., our guest. I, I really like the, the New Orleans Noel idea because I think with what Stan Van, like you said, wants to kind of do – is he wants to funnel everything into the middle. And I don't want to funnel everything into Canner, right? I want to funnel things into New Orleans Noel because he can block some shots. And he's kind of the the veteran like a Jackson Hayes kind of. I think that they're kind of built in the same mold almost. Well, I'll, I'll say this about Cantor. Cantor can't stop anyone one-on-one, right? But if you funnel players into him, I mean, gee, he's 6'11", 7 foot. Just put, put your arms up. He'll get you a couple of blocks. Uh, he's not a rim protector. Yeah. But the fact that and that's what I think. I think it's it's more of the rim protection, I think, of when I think of Nerland's so well compared to Cantor. You're right. He's a big body. He can he can defend if somebody comes into him because he's big, but he's not going to be feared in terms of getting your, your shot swatted. No, but he will be feared on the offensive end. He will so, be, and yes. that, 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 that That's something that the Pels have not had, uh, even during Gentry. I mean, you had AV, but we, we know his game is not really on the block. There hasn't been anyone outside of, you know, the, the the baller formerly known as Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins, that have been able to get on that block and dominate and get some buckets in the paint. So I think Cantor could do that on the offensive end. He could come off the bench. I'm not saying he's got to start. He can come off the bench. You could have Noel, you know, and then you have Jackson Hayes as kind of that, you know, maybe you send him down to the G League, you know, or maybe you throw him in a, throw him in a trade. You know, maybe you package him with Drew Holiday and, and you know, try to do it that way. But I, I don't see enough in Jackson Hayes, but I think you could rebuild with uh, Noel and Cantor, get you some Joe Harris. Christian Wood, I think, would be the real key there because he's mm-hmm. young. Yeah. Like, if they can catch that and you have Zion, Christian Wood with Alonzo, like, I think that with, with Young Reaper obviously coming back, that to me is is, is a really good lineup. Uh, before I, I mean, let... oh, go ahead. No, and, you know, and, and I didn't mention Young Reaper. No, you didn't. That's what I was going to ask that about. That restricted, right? So I, I, did, I don't want to just assume that he's coming back. So that's my plan if there's no Young Reaper. If there's Young Reaper, now you're talking about I'm moving Young Reaper to the two. So you have Milonzo, Young Reaper, Joe Harris. Now put Zion at the four. Now I need some rim protection. So now I would probably have to go Noel. But if I could get Christian Wood, I'll go small ball with that. If I could get Christian Wood and I could put out there Alonzo, Young Reaper, Zion, find a way to get Christian Wood, like I can find a way to even put him at the five. I wouldn't be mad at that. So Christian Wood to me, if you're bringing back Young Reaper, that's a phenomenal small ball lineup that, you know, the whole positionless Warriors copycat thing it will be similar to that. Obviously not Stephen Clay type shooting, but in the sense of all these guys can shoot, all these guys can switch because we, we know that that's where the league is going. Like you can really fit in really nice with a lineup. If you could find a guy like Christian Wood and maybe get a Joe Harris, I think just stretch it out really and get that stand in thing really popping off with a lot of threes, a lot of threes in the blunder 
with Stan Van. Yeah, put it all in the mix. Uh, Sam Dusenberry Jr. has been our guest here on the weekly NBA Jam Sesh with a lot of football talk kind of mixed in. It was a, it was a good little conversation that we had to start off the show. If you missed it, I'll have it up on my Spotify page. Yes, I, I've got uh, the show on Spotify oh, now, uh, which we're like going to... We're going to throw that up there. Yeah, we're, we're trying to archive some of the interviews, and we'll put uh, this conversation up there with my man Sam Dusenberry Jr. up there. You can listen back to it on Spotify. I'll share it around on my social media. Don't forget, you can follow Sam up on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff, thesamd.com as well, uh, on Twitter, on social media, on Instagram, thesamd, or pick N pop pod. And on Instagram, it's something different, correct? Yes, it's Pick and Pop Podcast, all the there way spelled go. out. Again, remember, no and, just the letter N, Pick and Pop Podcast. Beautiful, man. Look forward to it. The merch is flying around, I'm sure, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for being here, and uh, as always, have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Sounds good, G. Take care, bro. There he is. Sam Dusenberry Jr., our guest right here on The Word with G. All right, it's been a fun three hours. We went a little over. I understand. We got World Series game number two coming your way in about an hour from now, literally just about an hour from now. Uh, But I got to get up out of here because, again, like I said, we've gone a little bit too long. But I want to say thank you to Sam Dusenberry Jr. for coming on. I want to say thanks for Brian Vianney for jumping on quickly. And, of course, Coach Billy, head coach Billy Napier of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns for spending a little time with us in the first hour as well. And, of course, you, the listeners, the callers, could not do it without y'all. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad place tomorrow, 3 to 6 o'clock. Stay safe. God bless. Have a great rest of the day. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Peace.